Hi everyone, I'm Krina Okumus and this is the podcast. This is an interview series with known personalities from all over the world by exploring questions about life and learning how these people are dealing with pain, as we are all do, pressure and challenges in their private and professional life. I really hope you take a nugget of wisdom or two and you are improving your own life for better. In this third episode, I'm talking with Matthew Sanderson. Matthew began studying vibrational medicine, holistic health, cleansing and fasting and meditation in his youth. He has extensive experience in many forms of breathwork, qigong and the meditative arts. He works with individuals, couples and small groups using mindfulness-based techniques to enhance and enrich our life experience. He has developed a series of breathing practices, cleansing protocols, meditation techniques and lifestyle tools that clear old patterns, awaken unprecedented realizations and inspire new ways of being. On today's episode, we talk about the nature of meditation, the basic understanding of mindfulness, how to meditate when you don't have enough time, techniques for becoming more awake and aware in our daily life, techniques for managing stress, the benefits of fasting, and much more. So if you do a water or a juice fast and you uh, limit the amount of um food or eliminate the amount of any food that's coming into your system what happens is that the body has an opportunity to not digest food and um, a number of things happen physiologically there um, when the gut stops processing food all of a sudden there's an incredible amount of energy in the body that the body can redirect to other things like long-term chronic illness or cellular degeneration that it wants to heal that it didn't have the time or energy to deal with before Um digesting food takes an incredible amount of energy and a lot of the food that we're eating it, you know takes even more energy because of the poor quality of the food and the fact that it's not alive or the fact that it's got toxins in it or it's processed or whatever that might be when you fast and you stop that um influx that daily influx or hourly influx of of literally um toxicity into the body Um what happens is that the body shifts and it and it starts to uh, go into a deeper healing mode. And now let's get to my conversation with Matthew Sanderson. So um my background I I grew up in a fairly um quiet little town on the coast of Maine and um and I I was very blessed to live primarily in nature and and not have a lot of exposure to a lot of um uh you know the modern world and what what a lot of children uh experience as uh, as youth and so I was fairly protected and and I also had a number of teachers that showed up in my life at an early age that really um guided my um my evolution and and helped me to not forget who I am and and why I'm here and so I'm very grateful to them and for those experiences because they really set me on the right path and and gave me the tools that I needed to um 
to stay sane in this world, you know. <laughs> Especially during this time. But how early was uh, this? Uh, how early did you start this journey? Well, I had my my first meditation and out of body experience when I was seven, and um, and that that really set me on this path. It it was uh, um, an experience where I was um, guided into to breathe in a specific way and and to do something very particular with my mind in order to focus uh, my consciousness enough to enter into a lucid state. And so I, I followed this breathing. I just heard a, a breath. I heard a, a, a being breathing in my mind and, and I followed that rhythm and I ended up in this altered state of consciousness. And, um, and that began my journey uh, that it would happen many times a week. Sometimes it would happen every night um, where I would just end up in this other dimension, in this other place, um, out of my body. And those experiences taught me that um, my physical body is just one aspect of who we are and that there's much more to, to know and to explore. And so based on those early experiences, I really, I created a foundation um, to uh, be in in multiple states of awareness and and to not attach too much to the physical one because there's so much beyond that and uh, then that really instructed a lot of my my future experiences okay so let's let's start it from uh, from the beginning of it um, before we arrive to this um, elusive state um, let's talk a little bit about the meditation topic because uh, most probably some of the some of our friends that they are listening, um, they are probably at the beginning of this stage. So, um, and then we can continue with the with the, the whole experience if we still have enough time on this episode. Um, sure. The meditation meditation can give you a sense of calm, peace, balance, <clears throat> and what I think is very interesting the benefits that they don't end when your meditation session it's. Uh, it ends, which I think is very interesting. Um, and uh, I'm lucky enough to really be guided by you into the meditation, especially breathing exercises, especially when it's a lot of stress. And this is happening mm -hmm. more and more into our life. Um, can you explain us a little bit what is actually a meditation? Um, and let's say that I really don't know. Um, mm -hmm. And how you will explain that, and what will be the first steps into going to this um, amazing experience? Hmm. Oh, that's a great question. I love that question. Um, meditation for me is easiest to describe as a posture. It is a posture of the mind, and meaning that you're placing your awareness into a particular state into a specific posture, just like the body. You know, when I'm sitting, if I sit and I'm present and aware of my posture, I can feel myself sitting, I can feel my body physically, and I can adjust it so that I can, you know, straighten my spine, I can make myself more comfortable. Those are all aspects of postural awareness. And when we apply the same attention to consciousness, what happens is that we feel 
consciousness. Just like we feel the body and we check in with the body and we see how it's feeling and how it's situated, we can do the same thing with the mind. We can do the same thing with our consciousness. And so meditation is really just, instead of all of our energy going out and our attention going out into the world, we turn it around and it comes back in. And we begin to feel what we feel. We feel our mind. We feel our awareness. We, we begin to pay attention to what's happening within. And that alone is meditative. That is the, the fundamental practice of meditation. It's not about getting quiet. It's not about doing anything in particular to the mind. It's just the beginning is just to be aware of the mind and to just uh, become present to whatever the posture of the mind is so that you can then learn to adjust it because you can't change something you're not aware of. So once you become aware of the mind and of the consciousness, now all of a sudden you have all of this potential. You have all of this literally power over your own mind and your own awareness because you're, you're all of a sudden connected to it in a deeper way. And the deeper you take that connection and the more you do this practice, just very simple practice of being present and being aware of, of the mind, the better we become at learning to interrupt whatever it's doing that may not be beneficial or, or that we don't like, um, or uh, placing it into a position that we do want and that we do like. And um, in other words, to redirect the energy of the mind, we first need to touch it. And then we can move it subtly into different places that we'd like it to be. So um, what I do is I use the breath and I just change my breath. If, 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 um, if you think about what the breath is doing, uh, when we're not aware of it, when we're not paying attention to it, it's doing its own thing. It's, it's an autonomic nervous system response. You know, the body takes care of itself. So if we're not paying attention to the breath, the body will do it for us. Um, but one of the things about the breath is that the state of the mind and the state of our emotion and the state of our nervous system, all of those things are directly connected with breathing. And each state of the mind is actually connected with a specific breath, a specific breathing pattern, a specific pattern in our muscles and a specific pattern in our lungs and our diaphragm. And if we change that breath, we change our mind. If we change that breath, we change how we feel. We change how energy moves in our body. We change what we think about. We, we use the breath in order to engage with the mind and engage with the body in a way that allows us to begin to self-regulate and to become the masters of our own being. And then that's really just slowing it down. It's taking longer, slower, deep breaths, being more present within them, and slowing everything down within so that we can pay more attention to the, the microseconds of time that are passing. Because, you know, it's, it's really about how important is our life? Is our life, is our life so important that we're going to pay attention to every single breath that happens so that we can milk every moment out of it, you know, so that we can, so that we can gather as much energy and, and as much, of the beauty in life that there is. It's, it's placing that much value on it that we want to 
be aware of each breath and be aware of each moment and be aware of every word that we speak so that we can do them consciously. These are all aspects of meditation, conscious thought, conscious movement, conscious language. And by being aware more and more of these kind of what could be considered subtle aspects of being, subtle aspects of our life, um, we begin to learn to regulate the internal uh, physiology and energetics of being in a human condition. And, and that allows us to then um, expand that beyond our own self-awareness into awareness of others. So this, the more aware we become of ourselves, the more um, compassionate we can be because the more we understand our own beings, the more we can learn to understand others. And so all of these things kind of follow a basic understanding of um, mindfulness and of developing a, a deeper meditative state within that um, allows us to kind of be more present with all of the different dynamics of life around us. And um, yeah, I'll stop there. But I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm going a little bit backwards. So I can, see, I can see somehow like the steps, be aware of the mind. I mean, everything sounds really simple, but the mm -hmm. reality is not. And I remember right. that we talk about it, even how can we really be conscious? How can we be in this moment now? Which is, in my point of view, very much related to be aware of the mind. And I remember that you gave me this homework that I would love to talk a little bit about because I was not able to understand, okay, how can I really be conscious in this moment? What is happening now? And you told me that I should find five different activities that I'm doing during the day. I don't know, brushing the teeth, taking a shower and really be there. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like just maybe um, give, give to our, um, our friends that they are listening kind of a li this little homework that for me was really working so much um, to be, start to be aware mm. of things around us and afterwards of our mind. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Please? Certainly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, um, the first step in the, in the meditation that I was teaching you is to uh, learn to apply mindfulness um, when you are not simply sitting in meditation. So when we're sitting in meditation, it's very simple because we've we've created an environment which is supposed to be you know not uh, interrupting us, and you know we try to create a, a nice environment so that we can just focus on being in this meditation. And um, wait a second, sorry, sitting is just like really sitting on a chair with a um, straight, or can you lay down? I'm just again, I have this sure. question that we can really um, make it very clear for um, everyone. Right. So the, the first meditation is just learning to sit and close the eyes and simply become aware of the breath. Um, take longer, slower breaths, pause at the top and the bottom of each breath for a few seconds and become really connected to the movement of breath and energy through the body. And that also settles the mind and it brings the mind into greater awareness of itself. And it allows us to start paying attention to the thoughts that are passing through it. And instead of 
just going along the this train of the the mind that keeps running down the track and losing our awareness of the present moment of the being in the body um we can watch the thoughts pass by and we can stay here and we simply recognize thoughts thoughts thinking thinking and they go and they move and they change because everything does and we simply become focused on the breath and the breath is constant it's the one constant it's always happening it's always here it's always there for us and so the more we just check in with the breath and we follow the rhythmic breathing up and down and in and out the more we become connected to what is constant and consistent and persistent in our life which is breath and consciousness um so that's on the mat and that's or on the cushion and that's very simple you can also do it lying down um before going to sleep you can do this lying meditation um a really beautiful way to wake up in the morning is to <clears throat> is to do lying meditation as well before you even move your body just feel the body and feel the breath and come into the body consciously um and focus on feeling as opposed to thinking you know most of us wake up in the morning and the first thing we start doing is thinking about the day and thinking about the work that we have to do and all of these things taking um, the mobile reading uh, 20 right. emails and picking up uh, the 50 phone. messages <laughs> right right essentially getting a download into where were we yesterday when we left <laughs> what do i need to pick up now um exactly yeah so it's um the the process of of becoming more and more awake and aware in our lives is really one of applying the same practices throughout our life throughout our day um most of us for instance will only take a few deep conscious breaths through the day and the rest of the time we're letting the body kind of take care of itself because it's the outer world that needs our attention not ourselves and we really need to change that we need to flip that over so that we are 99% of the time aware of our breath and paying attention and sometimes we forget just imagine how your life would be if you turned it around like that so that you went from being conscious of your breath and and being in that um in a more deep presence uh a few times to doing that constantly and only forgetting once in a while mhm that's and a good then, one mhm And you so know I was what, thinking sorry yes please Um please, so then what I did was I said to you okay well let's choose five things to begin with that you're going to apply this technique to and which I think are perfectly for the ones as well that they say I don't have time to meditate right but actually now what you will tell us more it's so much related <laughs> that actually you can meditate all the time exactly so please exactly. sorry for interrupting you and and it's not a chore it's not work it's actually incredibly rewarding and incredibly energizing because there's more of you present to engage in what you're doing there's more of you present to receive the life that you have and that's all around you so if you pick five things that you do every single day five things that you have to do regardless you know they're they're regular routines that you have you take a shower you brush your teeth you wash dishes um you know whatever other things you do you maybe you go for a walk maybe you take the dog for a walk maybe you know you um you do some cleaning or um whatever it might be 
the the technique is to take a moment before you begin that task and you place your feet on the floor in a particular way and you become aware of your posture so you place your your feet consciously it doesn't matter how you place them just do it consciously and then you become aware of your posture and then you become aware of your breath and then you become aware of the posture in your mind in other words you enter into a meditative self-aware self-presence and then you direct all of your attention to being conscious and compassionate and loving and aware in the task that you're going to do so nothing is your intention is nothing's going to interrupt you nothing is going to break your attention for what you're doing because this you're turning a, a routine aspect of your life into literally a prayer it's karma yoga it's called and karma yoga is literally love in action it's the embodiment of love through you into an activity through a meditative practice and by doing that you're literally creating a ritual or a prayer through your movement and putting all of your attention and consciousness into something especially when you have that kind of an intention behind it it will automatically create beauty it will automatically create something that is pure and is beneficial to yourself to your environment to the people around you to the world as a whole so even the simplest job can be this and um, this is one of the primary um, practices of for instance a buddhist monk when you uh, begin and when you end uh, your your stay in a monastery as a buddhist monk there are very simple things you do like sweeping and you just learn to sweep and it's not about the sweeping you're sweeping your own mind you're sweeping the 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 cobwebs out of your mind as you sweep you're sweeping the environment because the environment is you and so you learn that everything that you do is actually an extension of what's happening within your own consciousness and the more we can apply these sort of concepts that's kind of a big concept but but when you take it to this this brushing of the teeth it's fairly simple you know you're cleansing you're purifying you're you're um you're opening this whole area of your body and you're giving it attention so that you can speak more clearly you're opening the throat chakra you're you know it's all of these things but just doing it consciously changes everything changes everything i love that it's at the end such a simple they are so simple exercises but this definitely really changed so much into, uh, mm -hmm. into the way of uh, into my life, um, just doing this. Um, if we are moving um, forward to the to the breathing part, mm -hmm. I know this is uh, such a such a big topic, breathing, and uh, there are so many theories, um, even about um, the possibility of you don't even need food if you if you are breathing in a different way or breathing can heal i mean there are so many it's 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 uh probably we need 10 episodes to cover the whole hmm. topic regarding the breathing but if we can just make like a, a small intro about that you mentioned a little bit before but um can you tell us a little bit about the the breathing part um in the in the stages that we are First, we were doing the meditation, and of course, you need the breathing part. Uh, what can you tell us more about the, the breathing? Hmm. So, another good question. Um, breathing is, 
breathing is unlimited. So one of the one of the things that I teach is the unlimited nature of the self. And this is entirely connected to breath. Um, when, when we learn to breathe in particular ways, we learn to shift the energy in our body. When we, when we do Tai Chi and Qigong and, and movement exercises with breath, we learn to allow the breath to move energy through our bodies in new ways to open up all of the channels of the body. You know, when we're born, we have 72,000 different energetic channels that move through the body and that, that literally form the basis for the nervous system. 72,000. 72,000. Wow. Yes. And every day we have a choice. Are we going to feed those 72,000 different channels of energy or are we going to let them slowly shrivel up and die because they do if we don't feed them we lose one or two or ten a day and over the course of our life that is the basis for our degeneration and our illness and our conditions that we develop so what the um what the ancients teach is the and the the spiritual teachers that understand these practices they teach that uh, by doing specific types of breathing exercises, both very specific ones on, uh, you know, in specific postures, uh, which is the basis for yoga, qigong, um, Taoist yoga, Tibetan yoga, any kind of, of yoga, um, and tai chi and, uh, you know, all of these different practices. Um, what happens is that we energize those channels, we move energy through those channels, and uh, and we keep them clear. We keep them open. We keep them vital and healthy. So <clears throat> basic breath is just becoming mindful. Then we, then we learn how to change the breath. In other words, we learn how to make it longer and longer and longer so that maybe we're taking an in-breath for 30 or 40 seconds. Maybe we're exhaling for 30 or 40 seconds. Um, maybe we're holding the breath at the top or we're holding the breath empty at the bottom. Um, maybe we're breathing more quickly, like um, like holotropic breathing, um, where you're inhaling and exhaling very, very quickly. Um, and then there are other exercises where you're holding specific postures or you're doing specific things with, with different muscle groups in your body and you're directing energy to those areas or you're moving energy specifically through those areas. Um, the breath that the breathing practices that I teach are, um, is a, a series of techniques that build upon one another that get more and more powerful. And the reason is that, um, beginning with, with simple mindfulness, we develop a very strong foundation of awareness of being in this current state. Then we learn how to shift this current state and become the, um, you know, in charge of it, so to speak, um, and begin to regulate it, self-regulate it. Then the breath then goes into physiology. It starts to actually regulate our physiology. Um, it, it, uh, doing certain breathing practices will change neurotransmitter production, um, GABA production, dopamine, um, oxytocin, um, nitric oxide. All of these things are the primary governing 
um, substances for consciousness itself, for how we feel. And yet we look to outside substances all the time to change how we feel. You know, the body is a remarkable pharmacopoeia. It, it, it is a pharmacy all by itself. It's a chemistry set. And all we need to do is learn what are the tools that we need in order to combine these different chemical molecules in order to shift how we feel and decide how we want to be. And the breath does that. So, for example, I don't know if it's this possible now, but um, if we speak about depression or anxiety, mm-hmm. can you give us an example of a simple breathing or, I don't know, like a, from someone that is just starting to do it? Is it possible to just give like a first step um, um, example how uh, someone who suffers of this or stress um, can do in order to somehow start to manage it better? Yes, yes, absolutely. So with stress, for instance, um, let's start with that one. When we feel stress or fear, the body tenses, right? And the breath tends to get shallow and it tends to become quicker. And um, and sometimes non-existent. Sometimes it'll it'll just stop altogether. We'll just hold our breath because we're in such stress or such tension or fear. Um, so, so the 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 first technique I would give for that is to is to sit and be aware or stand, whatever posture you're in, and just be aware that your breath has just stopped or your breath is like you're hyperventilating, and then to take a deep breath into your abdomen. So taking a deep breath into your abdomen and releasing the tension in your abdomen through the nose and then out the mouth. That releases the tension that has built up inside of you because of the stress. And and it reminds the body that it can relax, that it's not going to die, that you're not going to be physically hurt and that you can stay relaxed even though there's tension around you. Somehow separate yourself than the exterior right. situation. Right, exactly. This is applying meditation to an experience or to an engagement in the world. So one of the things that's really hard for us as human beings is we're incredibly empathic. You know, we're all entangled. People don't want to necessarily accept that, but we're all very entangled as humans. And the the consciousness that we are in is a field. It's, you know, wh- where do I stop and you begin? Even though we're on the other side of the planet, we're, we're completely connected energetically. And um, so if you're talking with someone and there's a lot of stress in that person, you tend to feel that, right? And And you feel that because you're connecting to that person and because there's an energetic, you know, it's a fairly boundaryless situation there. There's, there's no real physical boundary between you and that person. So as they speak and the more engaged you become with them, the more you feel their emotion, their tension and their stress um, and vice versa. So, so one of the things to do is, is as you're speaking to another person is to pay more attention to yourself is to pay more attention to your posture, to your own breathing. And you can transmute or filter and transform the stress of that other person by breathing, by simply taking it in 
and breathing it through you. There's nothing to many, be afraid of. How many times you have to breathe? Because sometimes it's really sep- happen, you know, when you It has to be constant. You do it constantly. constantly. It doesn't stop. It starts <laughs> okay. because you're aware that you're tense. It starts because you're aware that there's stress in your body and, and, and you don't want stress in your body. So you take a deep breath and you release the stress. And then you do another one and another one. And, another, and you just keep doing that. And um, so the, the practice is simply to continue to take breaths and to continue to calm the energy down. Because what happens when, when we don't do this? What happens is that the energy in, in the lower centers of our body, in the, in the abdomen, in the gut, in the lower chakras, all of that energy in these nerve plexi down there, they, it rises. Okay, that's why we get, um, you know, the energy in the body rises and, and we get emotional and then we get tense up here. And then when we when, you know, if there's intense anger or emotion, the face will get red. That's all energy and inflammation moving up through the body. And it's oh. it, it's it's inflaming. You know, it's it's like fire. It's the energy of fire. And it's that intensity is building. And so the the process of taking a deep breath and pushing it down is a very interesting one because you take a deep breath, you fill your body, and then you exhale down into the earth and you exhale out of your lower abdomen so that the tension doesn't build up there. And that settles everything down. It grounds you and it puts you back into a state of calm. And so the you can do this in, in any experience. You take in whatever is coming and you breathe it out and you breathe it down. And if, if we resist it, if we put up boundaries and we resist it and we try to block it, that I think we all know that that doesn't work in the end. It's like a and reflection of uh, like, like a mirror. It's just coming right. and coming right. and coming. So let's right. try to do that. I hope everyone will uh, do this test because I'm sure that it's, uh, it's really working. I did mm-hmm. it so. But it's all the time a reminder. It's a reminder all the time. Yes, you have to remind yourself all the time. All the time. And you can create um you can create reminders, you know, you can create there's there's some wonderful ways to remind yourself. Um there's some really powerful practices that I was taught as a child where um you choose a color. Choose a color, like in in the training of uh, lucid dreaming that I do in, in um, it's nidra yoga. It's um, learning to become lucid in the out-of-body state. You choose a color. It's a deep red color. And whenever you see that deep red color, like a red door in your dream, that's, that's a symbol for you to wake up in your dream. And you do that, you can do the same thing in your daily life. You choose a specific color, a specific shape, a specific word. Um, you can choose any number of different things. And the more things you choose, the more triggers you will have, the more reminders you will have to wake up, to be present, to take a deep breath, to calm yourself down, to become more present and focused in your body. So I do that. I choose, <clears throat> uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a beautiful color of red, you know, specific flowers, um, you know, the sounds are really important too, because ultimately um, meditation on sound is, is one of the most powerful meditations we can This is exactly what I wanted to ask you now. 
You are unbelievable. Could you figure out? Did you enter in my mind? <laughs> because this it was exactly what I wanted to ask you. I wanted to speak a little bit about music and sound. And here maybe we can even in include, if you think it's, it's, it's right, mantras. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can we talk Wonderful. a little bit more about this? Yes. Because yes. it was exactly what I wanted to ask you. <laughs> right, right. So, yes, sound is incredible, right? The, the universe is sound, you know, the universe is made of vibration, it's made of frequency, it's music. Um, the body is music, it's a symphony going on inside. And the more we pay attention to sound, the more we learn to meditate through our ears. So there are different stages of meditation, there's different types of meditation. One is we meditate with the eyes closed, we're simply aware of being, and we're self-reflective where we're conscious of being conscious, right? <clears throat> we can meditate with our eyes open where we are conscious of looking, okay? There's a big difference between looking and seeing. If we're seeing, all of the energy of the world is coming to us and we see what we see. We, we pick up what we pick up and we filter out the rest. If we're looking, we are active. We are looking out through our eyes. We feel our eyeballs, right? So as you look and as you sit there, feel your eyes, feel your face. It's like a mask that you're wearing and you're the consciousness looking out through these windows that are your eyeballs. And the awareness that you have just by looking and feeling your eyes and feeling this vehicle that is your physical body builds and builds and builds until you become so clear-minded and present behind your eyes that you are absorbing everything and you're filtering less and less. So you become much more engaged in the world because you're actively looking. And you can do the same thing with your ears. That's the third level where you begin to pay attention to what you hear. You place your awareness in your ears. You feel your ears. Because the thing about sound is that you can't hear any sound unless you can make it. You have to be able to replicate a sound with your ears in order to hear it. In other words, you have to resonate with every frequency that you can hear in order to hear it and integrate it and understand it. Because the way that sound works is that it's a vibrational energy in space, in the air, and that wave of sound hits your ears and it vibrates your eardrums and it vibrates the little bones inside of your ear, which then send electrical signals to your brain. But if you can't vibrate to the sounds that you're hearing, if you can't resonate to the sounds that you're hearing, then you can't hear them. So we have to resonate as beings in order to receive that information. And the more we can pay attention to opening the ears and to being conscious of what it is that we're hearing, the more we can receive through that medium, through that uh, sense. And so meditating on sound is incredibly powerful. And, and it, it also receives a, a very small amount of our attention. You know, We enjoy music, we enjoy certain sounds, we don't enjoy other sounds. Um, but we don't really pay attention to the impact of sound, to the impact of 
music and of the sounds around us. We spend most of our time filtering out all of the noise so that we can, you know, uh, pick the sounds that we need to pay attention to and um, in order for, you know, whatever our purpose is in the moment. But, you know, we were trained thousands and hundreds of thousands of years ago, you know, out of fear to listen to specific things and to identify them and to filter out the rest because they're not important for our survival. But today, we don't need to be in that state anymore. We can pay so much attention to sound and we can appreciate what it is that we're hearing to such a degree that it becomes a meditation in and of itself. I love that. It's very expansive. You know, when we're looking out through our eyes, it's, it's fairly one-dimensional. You know, we're, we're looking out here into the world. Um, but when we start to look out through our ears and feel through our ears, it adds this, this whole other dimension to our experience. It's like, you know, all of a sudden our awareness becomes 360 degrees and we're, we're tuning into a spaciousness, you know, uh, that, that we don't get necessarily with the eyes. So doing those both together is, you know, now, now I'm starting to multitask. Um, meditation becomes so vast and so big that um, I don't want to scare anyone, but it, I'm trying to, I think, um, give an idea of the richness of it. You know, mm -hmm. if I can feel my body sitting here and I can feel my consciousness looking out through my eyes and I can feel myself breathing and I can feel myself expanding out through my ears, all of a sudden, you know, I, I feel an unlimited uh, awareness within me that's simply, that's so expansive and it can go forever as far as my mind can go, as far as my ears want to listen and, and expand their hearing, I can go and I can receive all of that information and all of that energy and, and I can take that all into me as that's my reality. That's the reality that I'm checking into and creating and a part of. And we're an implicit part of this all the time. It's just that we don't give it the awareness. We don't give it the appreciation that it deserves. We don't give ourselves the appreciation that we deserve. I love that. Um, Matthew, I was thinking uh, if you agree with that, maybe we can add... Um, on the on the on the description of the podcast maybe like a short playlist with the, what they can listen maybe i don't know like three or five songs that they can listen because i i can understand that it sounds amazing but somehow just to be more guided into that i think this can really mm -hmm. help especially for the ones that they are at the beginning so we can really add that i will make sure to to have that if it's possible i love that idea yeah yeah because listening to music can also be a really powerful meditation if you're breathing and you're breathing rhythmically and staying connected to the breath and you listen to music not just to enjoy it but to actually understand it and to listen to more subtle qualities within the music you know when you're listening to music sometimes you can hear things that you never heard before you know you hear this little like i was listening to a song the other night and i had no idea there were crickets in the background but there's crickets in this song you know and then once in a while this bird would go Woo, you know in the background <laughs> but it's like it was a whole nother dimension to the song it was it was incredible so um, the more conscious we become and the more present we are within the, every moment, the more we can appreciate all these subtle things. And 
And music is such a beautiful thing to, to use to connect to, you know, to ourselves. So true. So true. Um, when I had uh, some big difficult, some difficulties in the in the recent situation, um, and my stress level was quite high, and probably eighty percent of our discussion, I was just crying because I I thought I cannot manage that situation. Mm -hmm. um, you, um, one of the advice that you gave me was to listen mantras, and I have to say that doing this really changed <coughs> my level of stress so so much can you tell us a little bit about mantras mm -hmm. sure um so when we're breathing we are simply moving air in the beginning and then we learn to move energy and then we learn to move consciousness and then we learn to combine them all together when we breathe out and we make sound, we have um, an opportunity to use vibration to move energy in a more powerful way. And so the most basic mantra is just to tone. It's just, you don't need a crystal bowl, you don't need anything else. It's just breathe in and breathe out. But when you breathe out, make a sound. And that's ohm, you know, it's But you can make so many different frequencies when you make the ohm sound and you can start to play with those and you can start to create overtones. And I started this at a very young age. All of a sudden, one day I was doing Tibetan chanting and I was 16 years old and I was doing this overtone chanting in the car um, to a, a tape of Tibetan monks that I love to listen to. This was back in the day, of, you know, cassette tapes. And um, <laughs> so... Um, so that was my basic first mantra was just, just Om and, and learning to do overtone chanting. Um, the other thing that, um, you can do is listen to mantras. Like the first mantra I offered to you was, was Om Mane Padme Hum or Om Mane Peme Hung. Those are the two versions of that mantra in, uh, in, um, Pali and in Sanskrit. Um, the the mantra is just repeated over and over and over. Om Mane Padme Om. Om Mane Padme Om. And and then I offered you some songs that you could listen to where people were singing them. Um, what happens when we sing a mantra or when we think a mantra is that we align our consciousness with specific vibrations that are held within these words and. Mantras have been created for hundreds of thousands of years in order to align consciousness. Every word that we speak, every vibration that is emanated from our mouths when we, or in our minds, when we use a mantra is very specific. It has a specific cadence. It has a specific vibration, but it also has a specific association not just in our minds, but in the cosmic mind, in the global mind. And so when we use a mantra, what we're doing is actually tuning in to that mantra, having been sung for eons, literally. Think about tens, hundreds of thousands of years that this mantra has been chanted. It is already resonating 
in the field around this earth and in the cosmos uh, at large, you know, the entire cosmos has this mantra resonating through it from chanting of hundreds of thousands of monks and, um, and spiritual beings. And what happens when we attune ourselves to that? What happens is that we, Im we immerse ourselves in a field of energy of higher consciousness. And it pulls us out of the stress response in our body and it pulls us out of the limited thinking of our mind and it places us in an awareness and in an energy field which is connected to a spiritual family that's been here forever. So it, do you see what it's doing? It's literally tuning ourselves. It's, a, it's an attunement. It's a self-attunement. I love that. And for mm -hmm. me, it was really working. So I really recommend to, to try. I will add uh, the mantra that you recommend me on the list if uh, it's okay with you, Matthew, that some yes. others, they can really use that. So because we are very close to the end of our conversation and we didn't cover not even 20% of how much we wanted to cover, but I have two topics to discuss with you. The okay. first, uh, we can do it um, as fast as possible. Um, the first is um, fasting. I'm going to do fasting fast. Okay. Fasting fast, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you see, works mm. works this together, but probably they don't really work because fasting <laughs> it's another very, very, very important um, yes. topic. And um, mm -hmm. uh, I tried it, and uh, it's really amazing and really healing. Mm -hmm. But I let you to to speak more about this because you are the one who really knows more. <laughs> so sure. tell us a little bit about fasting, and you know there are so many topics about how many hours and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they're all different types of fasting and, and cleansing programs, and, and they all have different purposes and different benefits. Um, so, so let's, let's think, start, let, let's try one maybe. Let's, let's just, you know, the yeah. benefits for, I don't know, uh, healing the gut. I don't know. What, what do you think? Because right. this is healing the gut too, fasting. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, so the which, primary focus of fasting, uh, let, let's focus on, um, doing like a water or juice fast. Um, so if you do a water or a juice fast and you uh, limit the amount of um, food or eliminate the amount of any food that's coming into your system, what happens is that the body has an opportunity to not digest food. And um, a number of things happen physiologically there. Um, when the gut stops processing food, all of a sudden there's an incredible amount of energy in the body that the body can redirect to other things like long-term chronic illness or cellular degeneration that it wants to heal, that it didn't have the time or energy to deal with before. Um, digesting food takes an incredible amount of energy. And a lot of the food that we're eating, it, you know, takes even more energy because of the poor quality of the food and the fact that it's not alive or the fact that it's got toxins in it or it's processed or whatever that might be. When you fast and you stop that um, influx, that daily influx or hourly influx of, of literally um, toxicity into the body, um, what happens is that the body shifts and it, and it starts to uh, go into a deeper healing mode. And it starts to create, after three or four days, it starts to create more stem cells, for instance. And it can do things that it just couldn't ever do before. And the longer you fast, if you fast for, you know, seven days, 14 days, 21 days, 
Um, what ends up happening is that the body goes through a process that we call autophagy, where we actually break down our own cells. And that may sound scary to some, but the, the think about the body will choose the sickest cells first, and it will break down all of the sickest ones, and it will reabsorb all of those nutrients, and it will break down all of the toxins, and it will send as much of that toxicity out of the body, um, and it will then use that um, those nutrients to rebuild. Um, so there's a process of breaking down and, and um, getting rid of the old. And, and unhealthy, and there's a process of rebuilding and regenerating what it needs. So it sends that energy to the organs and it sends it to um, you know our endocrine system. And then it sends a lot of that energy into detoxification, you know, getting rid of heavy metals and, um, and all of these you know herbicides and pesticides and toxins in our life. Um, so that's you know the primary function of fasting for me. Um, it's an incredible, way to increase the longevity of your life, um, the, long, the, the, the vitality of your health, um, and bring more energy into your body. Um, a lot of people are afraid of fasting in the beginning because um, they think that they're getting energy from food, and if they don't eat, they're not going to have energy. And, and that is a fairly um, common uh, experience that people have. If you don't eat, you run out of energy. Uh, when you fast, and you specifically when you fast and you do breathing practices and qigong and exercise like I'm talking about, um, the what you're doing is you're tuning your body to a higher source of energy. You're saying physical body, energetic body, you don't need physical food anymore. You can actually get your energy from another place. And then you're giving the body an opportunity to figure out how to do that, how to remember how to do that. And if you have breath training of any kind you can use the breath to bring energy through the top of your head through all of your chakra systems through the bottom of your feet and you can do breathing exercises in order to fill your body with with chi literally with chi food is condensed sunlight food is is the energy of the sun and the energy of the earth that's alchemically bonded into a physical substance that you then ingest well what if you could just go out and stand on the earth and breathe from the sun and bring that energy into you. You can, and I'm not recommending that everybody go and do that and stop eating, but for brief periods of time, you can start a process of cleansing and clearing out all of these patterns and all of these toxicities from our previous lives. And I mean, just this life, I mean, we can get into other lives in another one, but, um, but in that way, you are, realigning yourself with a higher source of energy and a higher source of life. And that's what fasting can do. And I think here, um, in order to complete you, um, you mentioned water or juice, just to make sure juice, we don't speak about Coca-Cola or something like this, right? Mm -hmm. We speak about like right. a juice made of Very home, pure water. Of yeah, very pure water, veggies. natural spring water, water with a little bit of sea salt in it. Um, vegetables. It's all for the minerals, right? That right. helps you to. Yep. Okay. Bring in lots right. of minerals. You, most of us are mineral deficient. So you want to bring in lots of minerals, trace minerals and sea salt and uh, that sort of thing. And then fresh organic vegetable juices that you juice yourself or that you get locally and fresh. And basically you can start with maybe 18 hours. And if you really want to go a little bit more, maybe you just can be helped by you or like uh, mm -hmm. support by someone who can, because I think 
at the beginning, it's somehow a training, right? To really do it, right. especially if you are not trained mentally as well for this journey. Right. So you can start I just, just to make sure day. that nobody do like a, yeah, do a one day, day juice fast uh, where you just drink juices all day long. And, and if you feel hungry, just drink more. You know, you can fill the, the, the stomach with water and juice and you, and you will feel less hungry. So, and then you can do like a three day and then you can do a seven day. Um, you know, I've gone up to, uh, 12 weeks. I've done a three month juice fast and, yeah, and I just felt doing better this. and better and better. It's just so phenomenal. It's Matthew, it's, but let's don't, uh, pu- let's don't put all our friends <laughs> to do that now, because you are having such a big experience into all this part. Um, and for sure, there was maybe one thinking to compete with you. So I want to really mention. No, no, it. I just I want people don't, to know don't do that this it's possible alone. <laughs> and not to be afraid of it. You know. Okay, yeah, perfect. You, you don't have to be afraid. You're not going to die. You're not going to you know lose energy. You may lose energy for a, a day or two. Uh, you know, yeah, when your body goes through a deep detox or something. Detox. But yeah, then, but then things just open up and you become lighter and lighter and lighter. And it's it's mm-hmm. a phenomenal experience. I I I recommend it to everyone. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my last question, Matthew. Even so, I have many other questions. Maybe we can uh, have another episode soon uh, because there are so many uh, topics to, to ask you. But um, if we, um, there are many people that they are on this stage in life, taking the consideration, everything that is coming, it's happening outside. When they try to really figure out what is, what is my mission here? Or it's a kind of a transition part. What you would advise all these people that they are really trying to search for their answers? What is the best way of doing it uh, based on your experience? Hmm. The best way. Hmm. Well, I personally, I think it's different for everyone. Everyone really needs to find their own method and their own way. And so it's not really a one size fits all. Um, I think that it begins with knowing that we are more than we could possibly imagine. And life is more than we could possibly imagine. And that the little things that we put all of this attention and awareness on on a daily basis is. Um, is preventing us from appreciating who we really are and what we're really doing here. And um, yeah, it's, it's really about placing value upon yourself, getting clearing out the judgment of our family histories and our heritage and, you know, the, the uh, Christian original sin and, and all of these, concepts that separate us from God, that separate us from being divine awareness within our own selves. And when we do that, and when we decide that life is important enough that we're going to literally breathe it in, then we become engaged in a process, in in an evolutionary process that is as at one moment it's linear because we experience it in every moment and in one mo- in one aspect it's also fractal and holographic and completely beyond time and space and as we 
appreciate the incredible complexity and beauty that is consciousness itself and that is this world that we are here to um, really nurture, you know? We're not here to take from this world and to, um, uh, you know, to destroy it. We're here to take care of it. We're here to nurture it and to put energy into it. And um, it's, it's literally our garden. And if we could begin to see our lives as the garden into which we're planting seeds, and, and if we could see our minds as the field into which we are, you know, growing these um, concepts and, and into which we are placing our intentions for the future, um, then we begin to operate in a way that is whole, it's holistic. And, and it gives us um, purpose because we're all part of something here that none of us has fully really grasped. And and we see the intensity, we see the negativity, we see the separation, um, and we also feel it within ourselves. And I think that the more we can dissolve that separation within ourselves and, and share openly with each other and connect in the ways that you and I are connecting today, um, the more we can appreciate what it is we're doing here collectively and start to work together. I love it. Thank you so much, Matthew, for your time and for uh, all your advices. They are really um, precious ones. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Karina. So beautiful to spend time with you today. Thank you. That was spiritual advisor Matthew Sanderson. For more inspiring interviews like the one with Matthew, head on over to Podcast Live by Karina Okumus. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast. Please don't forget to rate and review the show. I'm Krina and you've been listening to Live by Krina Okumus.